Hello and welcome to the Fit to Transform podcast, where you learn how to train and diet effectively and, most importantly, how to maintain those results for life, once and for all. I'm Nikias Tomasiello, a transgender training and nutrition coach working online with anyone who's ready for a true lifestyle transformation anywhere they may be in the world. As a friendly reminder, any and all information provided is for educational purposes only. You should consult with your doctor before implementing any changes to your diet and exercise program. With that disclaimer out of the way, thank you for being here. Now grab yourself a cup of tea or pre-workouts and enjoy. Yo, welcome back to the podcast. And thank you so much, as always, for being here. In this solo episode, I want to discuss fat loss plateaus and how to overcome them. First, let's start with a definition. A fat loss plateau is a period of two to four weeks where you see no changes in your scale weight, pictures, or measurements. I strongly recommend using at least two of these methods. For example, scale weight and pictures, or scale weight and measurements, because a single method alone sometimes won't show you fat loss changes, even though they are happening. For example, your scale won't differentiate between your muscle mass and your fat mass. So if you're in the lucky position where you can actually build muscle and lose body fat at the same time, you might see that the weight isn't really changing on the scale, and therefore think that you're, you've hit a plateau, when in fact, if you had been taking pictures and or measurements, you might see that your pictures are changing and that your measurements are changing. However, if you are using at least two of these methods and you see no changes at all for a minimum of two weeks, then you've likely hit a fat loss plateau. But I'd honestly recommend waiting at least four weeks especially if you have a menstrual cycle and you experience water retention at specific times of the month, as I covered in the previous solo episode on how to use the scale as a tool for fat loss and muscle gain. There are two main reasons for plateaus if you don't have any medical condition that affects your metabolism, like untreated hypothyroidism. And these two reasons are lack of consistency and metabolic adaptation. Let's start by exploring a lack of consistency and how to troubleshoot it. When it comes to fat loss, as I've explained in episodes one to three, so go and listen to those again, or listen to those for the first time if you haven't, we need to create consistency with both your caloric intake, so the calories you eat, and your caloric expenditure, so the calories you burn with physical activity in order to create a caloric deficit and to maintain it over time. In other words, we need to set an appropriate calorie target and an appropriate caloric expenditure target that allow us to create a caloric deficit and maintain it for a prolonged period of time to enable fat loss to happen. If you stop being consistent, with one or both, then over time, you're likely to encounter a plateau. Now, dear listener, before you get offended, I want to make it very clear that I am not accusing anyone. In some cases, 
a lack of consistency may happen without you even realizing. My point with this podcast isn't to accuse anyone or make anyone feel bad or ashamed of themselves. It's to help you do an audit of your current process to figure out how to overcome the plateau that you might have hit if you're listening to this episode. So first, let's consider a lack of consistency when it comes to tracking your food. Tracking your food, your caloric intake, that's the calories in part of the calories in versus calories out equation. To create an effective caloric deficit using your diet as a tool, if you're using calorie tracking as your main method to accomplish this, you're going to need both consistency of tracking and a certain measure of tracking accuracy. And I covered these aspects and how to maximize them in another podcast episode, which was episode 17, Tracking Calories 101. So if you're not quite sure how to increase your degree of consistency of tracking and accuracy of tracking calories, go and listen to that episode. What I'm going to talk you through now is what I call a calorie tracking audit, where we start by assessing your consistency and then your accuracy of tracking in order to figure out which of these two components, if either, is what might have contributed or caused your current fat loss plateau. So starting with consistency, have you been tracking your calories every single day to the best of your abilities? If you've been missing days, then your first port of call needs to be to correct course and track seven days out of seven without a fault. Don't change any target. Don't change your calorie target. Don't change your cardio or your steps or your lifting workouts. Give yourself two solid weeks minimum to track every single day, sticking with the same exact targets and see if this helps solve your plateau. When you're assessing your tracking accuracy, then you want to consider the following questions. First, have you been tracking everything, including drinks and solid food? Or have you been leaving things out, maybe by accident, because you've been forgetting? Have you been weighing your food and scanning barcodes when you couldn't weigh the food? Or have you been eyeballing your portions? Because if you've been eyeballing, you could be off by several hundred calories. In particular, I highly encourage you not to eyeball spreads, oils, sauces, and other liquid food. It's tempting to do so because weighing out liquids and creams and sauces is annoying, to be perfectly honest with you. However, these foods tend to contain a high amount of calories and being off even by only 5 to 10 grams, can mean being off by 50 to 150 calories. The easiest and most hassle-free method that I've personally found to track these spreads and these oils is to take your scale and put the spread container on the scale. Let's say that you want to weigh out some peanut butter. Take the peanut butter jar, put it on the scale, and click on the tear button, T-A-R-E. This is going to reset the number on the scale to zero. 
So now, even though the container is on the scale, you're going to see zero on your scale display. When you take a spoonful of the peanut butter from the jar without taking the jar from the scale, the scale is going to show you a negative number. For example, let's say it shows you minus 15 grams. That's the weight of the portion of peanut butter that you took out of the jar. And that's the easiest way I have found that you can weigh your spreads and your oils without too much trouble. Once you've taken these steps and you've completed your calorie tracking audit, then you're going to have a pretty solid idea of whether you need to improve upon your consistency, your accuracy, or both. And again, I would suggest that you change no targets so your calories stay the same, your resistance training workouts stay the same, your cardio and your steps also stay the same. Give yourself two solid weeks of improving upon these aspects of your calorie tracking methods. And in many cases, I have found with my clients that this really helps bust many plateaus. Once you've done a calorie tracking audit and you've considered the calories in part of the calorie balance equation, then you want to consider the calories out part of the equation. In other words, you want to do an energy expenditure audit. If your energy expenditure has been going down over time because you haven't been keeping up with your steps and or with your cardio, if you do any cardio, this could have contributed to your plateau. If it is indeed the case and your caloric expenditure is lower than it used to be, then you have two solutions. But before I get to those two solutions, I would invite you to ask yourself why your caloric expenditure has been going down. If the reason for this reduction is within your control, you simply chose not to prioritize caloric expenditure as much as you used to, then the first solution which is also the most obvious, is to bring your physical activity levels back up to where you're now meeting your targets. On the other hand, if the reason for this reduction in caloric expenditure is outside of your control, for example, you changed your job and now you're working 10 extra hours per week, it would be worth considering a revision of your initial targets lower the targets for steps and or cardio to what's realistic for your new circumstances. And if you are plateaued, you may need to lower your caloric intake to account for the fact that you're not going to be burning the same amount of calories from activity. Lastly, I want to address the fact that in my experience, it's more common for a plateau to occur from a combination of a reduction in food tracking accuracy and consistency plus a reduction in caloric expenditure or from a reduction in food tracking accuracy and consistency alone. Unless somebody is doing a huge amount of steps and or cardio and all of a sudden they stop all of that altogether. For example, they injure themselves and they, they are bedridden. It's a silly example because I wouldn't recommend fat loss for somebody who's bedridden, but let's assume that this situation exists in an ideal world where I would recommend that, which is not what I recommend. But for the sake of the example, let's say that you injure yourself and you're now bedridden. Of course, in that case, 
going from a lot of physical activity to none is going to cause a fat loss plateau. So if you the change in physical activity is extreme, so you're doing half or less than half um, of the steps and cardio that you used to do, then potentially that alone, even if your diet is really on point, could generate a plateau. But in my experience, the majority of fat loss plateaus come from some sort of issue with the diet and sometimes in combination with a reduction in physical activity. Now, to wrap up how to troubleshoot a lack of consistency, I invite you to not only do the food tracking audit and the energy expenditure audit, but also, and importantly, ask yourself why this lack of consistency has occurred. If you don't ask yourself why, this may happen again, because you haven't found a solution to solve the root cause. In my experience as a coach, I found three most common reasons why consistency may go down over time. Reason number one, your goals could have changed. Maybe you're burnt out on this fat loss journey and you need a short break, which I call a diet break. And I'll talk about this a bit more in a minute. And then after the short break, you're ready to go back to fat loss again. Or maybe you need a much longer break from fat loss and a complete change of your current goal. Because maybe you realize you don't actually want to get any leaner than you are now. So if you're suffering from, let's call it short-term burnout, again, I recommend taking a one-week-long diet break. And I've discussed how to implement a diet break within a fat loss phase in episode 12 of the podcast, how to plan a successful fat loss phase, and in a blog article called how to have a successful diet break. And as always, this and all of the resources that I've mentioned throughout so far, and will keep mentioning the rest of this episode, are going to be in the show notes below. Another common reason for a reduction in your consistency is stress. Stress can actually also contribute to a fat loss plateau because it causes water retention. So it can mask fat loss, particularly on the scale. If you are consistently stressed or chronically stressed for a number of weeks or months at a time, you might see that your weight isn't shifting very much because of this extra water that you're retaining from the stress. In addition, stress deprives you of the headspace that you need to think about being consistent. And as a double whammy, it also can increase your hunger and your cravings. In some people, stress makes them not want to eat at all. But in many people, stress causes more hunger. And that won't be a surprise to anyone since we have the term stress eating. Now, depending on the type of stress that you're under, you will need to consider different solutions. When you have a temporary but really big source of stress that you cannot control until it's over, and that could be a move or a change of job where you need at least a couple of weeks to gather your bearings, consider taking a diet break until things settle down. It's easier to stay on top of your fitness goals if your goals are more flexible. And eating at maintenance calories is 
by definition, more flexible than eating in a caloric deficit because it's a larger caloric budget. And if you're aiming to maintain your weight, you also need potentially slightly less physical activity than when you're trying to actively lose body fat. Last but not least, if you are eating at maintenance calories, so you're aiming to maintain your weight and not lose any more weight, you're also not going to experience the same amount of hunger that you would experience in a caloric deficit. And you're going to potentially have slightly higher energy levels. And these could all be helpful to help you overcome this period of high stress without completely putting fitness on the back burner because you tell yourself, well, I can't stick with my fat loss targets, so I'm just not going to do anything. Rather than adopting that mindset, shift the targets to maintenance. There may be cases where you can continue to aim for fat loss, but you still need to change your targets to make them more appropriate to the current situation. Remember that whenever you set any target, that target is only appropriate to the situation that you're setting it for. When the situation changes, the target needs to change as well. Otherwise, it may no longer be realistic. So if you have this hugely stressful event coming up, or if you're in the middle of dealing with it, what are some more realistic targets for these temporary circumstances? Yes, if they are easier targets to achieve, then progress is going to be slower. But it's better for progress to slow down than to not have any progress at all because you are trying and failing to achieve targets that are no longer appropriate for you at this time. On the other hand, you may be in a situation where the stress isn't temporary. You are chronically under high levels of stress. In this case, you want to improve upon your stress management strategies. If you know anything about me, you know that I love a good plan. So you're probably expecting me to say something along the lines of you're going to have to plan these stress management strategies into your life. And that is exactly what I'm going to say. You need to carve out time for stress relieving activities. They could be any activities that you really enjoy. And if you want some suggestions, some evidence-based activities that help manage stress include meditation, spending time outside in nature and in the sun, breath work, yoga, and improving your sleep quantity and or quality as needed. But as I said, you could be scheduling time for any activity that helps you relieve stress, such as reading, listening to music, calling a friend, playing a game, whatever it is, you're going to have to make time for it. And I know that this is especially hard for people like me who are very high achieving and highly ambitious. And I know from personal experience, because one of the hardest things for me to do is to actually make time to relieve my stress. I'm great, and I'm sure you're great if you're this kind of person at pushing myself, but I suck at recovering properly. The thing is, you don't build muscle when you're training super hard. You're building muscle 
when you're recovering super hard. If you're not recovering adequately, you're not going to build any muscle. And in this case, if you're not recovering adequately, you're going to struggle to stay consistent with fat loss. So you need to treat recovery and stress management as seriously as you treat your workouts, tracking your calories, hitting your step targets, and uh, doing all of your cardio. Lastly, the third common reason why you might be struggling with consistency is sleep. If you're not sleeping long enough and or well enough, you can compromise your fat loss progress because inadequate sleep has been shown to drive up appetite and cravings, to make you more fatigued, and therefore less likely to exercise. And it's even being shown to make you lose more weight from muscle mass instead of from fat mass if you're able to stick with the diet. In other words, you really don't want to underestimate the power of sleep when it comes to fat loss progress and recovery. I actually have an entire blog article on this very topic on how sleep affects fat loss and muscle growth and how you can improve upon it. And the article is titled A Comprehensive Guide to Sleep for Fat Loss and Muscle Growth. Now, if you realize that your sleep may be the problem, these are some evidence-based suggestions that have been proven in research to be helpful. First, most adults seem to need seven to nine hours of sleep per night. But this is a general rule of thumb. I would invite you to figure out your own individual sweet spot, whereby when you wake up, you feel refreshed. You feel like you actually got the benefits that you wanted from sleep. In terms of improving upon your sleep quality and quantity, you want to do your best to have a consistent sleep schedule where you go to bed and wake up at the same time. You want to keep your room at a comfortable temperature where it's neither too hot nor too cold, and you want the room to be dark. You want to create an effective pre-bed routine, and by effective, I mean that it helps you wind down and fall asleep more easily. I recommend a sleep routine that includes some stress-relieving activities. I suggest that you stop using screens at least 30 to 60 minutes before bed, that you avoid eating and also stimulants less than an hour before bed, and potentially that you consider wearing blue light blocking glasses, although there is mixed evidence on their efficacy, so I would recommend trying them for a month and seeing if they make any difference. As a further note on stimulants, let's talk caffeine because that's what most people take as a stimulant. You probably want to avoid caffeine at least five to six hours before you go to bed, if not even longer, because it seems that caffeine has a half-life of about five to six hours, which means that five to six hours after you took a caffeine dose, you're still going to have half of that dose in your system. Once you've considered all of these lifestyle changes, if your sleep still hasn't improved, then as a last resort, and ideally as a short-term solution, I would look into sleep supplements. Finally, if you've tried to implement all of these solutions, but you're still missing out on sleep at night for reasons outside of your control, 
It's possible that short naps of less than 30 minutes may improve your alertness, concentration, and ability to perform. And it's important that these naps are, again, up to 30 minutes only, so that you avoid a phenomenon called sleep inertia, where you wake up and still feel groggy, which can happen when you nap for a bit too long and get into the deeper stages of sleep. So now that we've covered how to troubleshoot a lack of consistency, I'm going to move on to the second reason why fat loss plateaus can happen, and that's called metabolic adaptation. Metabolic adaptation is a phenomenon that occurs when you've been dieting for a long time and or you've lost a considerable amount of body fat. It's a collection of changes called adaptations that result in you conserving more energy. So your body is trying to expand less energy and persuade you to eat more, so increase your energy intake in order to close the gap between your energy expenditure and your energy intake. In other words, your body is trying to negate the caloric deficit that you are trying to create. Importantly, this isn't a negative phenomenon. It is very normal. Our bodies have evolved to resist starvation. It seems like they have a defense mechanism against excessive fat loss that's very, very strong and well-developed. It also seems like they have a defense mechanism against excessive weight gain, although that seems to be a little less well-developed, which is why developing obesity has become a worldwide issue. If metabolic adaptation has taken place, then you're now in a smaller caloric deficit than you were before. So the solution is to lower your caloric intake, increase your caloric expenditure by doing more steps or more cardio, or a combination of the two. And the option that's best for you will depend on your own circumstances. If you have a sedentary job that takes up many hours and realistically you can't do any more steps or more cardio, you're going to have to reduce the calories that you're eating. On the other hand, if you have the ability to move more and you feel that you would struggle with consistency if your calories got any lower, then you might benefit more from trying to increase your activity levels. However, the reason why I left metabolic adaptation last in assessing the reasons for fat loss plateaus isn't only that it took much less time to discuss, but it's also because increasing your activity levels and or lowering your calories are strategies that are going to make fat loss more difficult for you. And in many cases, an increase in your consistency is going to be enough for you to overcome a fat loss plateau. Whereas many people, as soon as they see a fat loss plateau, they drop their calories and jack up their cardio and physical activity. And what often happens is that one, that wasn't necessary because the problem was that they weren't consistent, not that they had incurred metabolic adaptation. Two, now they've made the diet harder, so it's going to be more difficult for them to stick to it. 
And three, if the original problem was indeed a lack of consistency, they have not solved this problem. So they're not going to be very consistent with these more challenging targets. So they're still going to be plateaued, but now they're also going to be frustrated because they're going to be thinking that they're working so much harder and still not seeing the results that they want to see. So in my work with my clients, I leave a reduction in calories and or increase in caloric expenditure as a very last resort once I've been through a full tracking audit and a caloric expenditure audit. And in the majority of cases so far in my coaching experience, increasing a client's consistency has been all that was needed to overcome a fat loss plateau. Now, I'm not saying that a fat loss plateau will always be solved by increasing your consistency. Metabolic adaptation most definitely happens. As I said, it is a natural phenomenon. So if you've already done a food tracking audit and a caloric expenditure audit, you've improved your consistency in both areas as much as you could, and you're still plateaued, then unfortunately, your only solution is going to be to increase the size of the caloric deficit with more activity, less food, or a combination of both. My point here is that you don't want to resort to an increase in activity and or decrease in calories unless it is absolutely necessary. And that's a wrap for today's episode. I hope that this was helpful. And once again, thank you very much for listening. If you want to connect with me, sign up for my newsletter or read my blog articles, please check out the links in the show notes. And if you'd like to sign up for one-on-one coaching, there's going to be a link to an application form that you can fill out. Then I'm going to be in touch within 72 hours to schedule a complimentary consultation to discuss how we can work together. Thanks for tuning in and until next time. Lastly, if you want to support the podcast and help me reach more people, please leave a five-star rating or review on any podcast platform that you're using. Thank you very much for listening and I'll speak to you soon.